0: Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse 4, I hear the word of God. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the, the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small uh, plant of the field had yet sprung up, for so the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist, or spring, was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. And there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. Uh, it is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Medellin and the onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon, uh, the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. We don't know where either one of those rivers are, by the way. The other two we do. Uh, The name of the third is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. From the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I'll make a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called, every living creature, that was his name. The man gave names to all livestock, birds of the heavens, and every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep uh, to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of its ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. The grass withers and the flower fades, but uh, scripture says that the word of the Lord uh, lasts and endures uh, forever. So it is here. Uh, this passage uh, paints for us right, a picture of paradise. Uh, you get, like, the, the, our word for paradise comes from the, the Greek translation of this passage. It paints for us a picture of, of paradise that we, that we long for. It'd be like the dream vacation to get to, or the ultimate spring break uh, trip, right? To spend spend a little time uh, in in paradise, spend a spend a life here so where there's nothing that's disturbing. It's it's perfection. Um, it describes this kind of garden scene of of beauty, uh, of happiness, of fulfillment, uh, of the kind of perfections that we that we long for. And the Bible says that this is the way that it was in the beginning. And In fact, this is what uh, humanity was designed for as well as that this is what God designed uh, for us to, to enjoy, but when God made us, this is, this, is the, uh, this is the light that he put us in that we have a longing for uh, because he's designed us for. That's, it's why we have these longings, right? why, why people have like, the utopian dream of like, what we wish things to be like. Um, and do you ever kind of stop and say, why are those longings there? Why do we have this utopian dream? Why do we why do we picture this this way to, of, of this, this perfection way that we wish things were, wish things should be, or long for? Um, and then there's other things that are uh, like a normal part of life, but uh, when they happen, we say that's that's not the way things should be. Right? Uh, you got like it seems in literature that, that death comes to all, um, but when when death comes, you don't know, just respond like, well, this is one of those things that happens. Uh, everything in us says, is, is, no, this is not right. This is not what we want. This is not the way things should be. Um, just big things like, like death or even just, just hurt, um, things like hunger and starvation or even just stuff like, like loneliness. It's like, that, that's not the way it should be. We shouldn't just be left without other people that we can relate to that we know care about us. Right? We have these longings, but why are we, why are we there? Um, the Bible says uh, it hadn't always been that way, that there's, that there's death and loneliness and hurt and, and, and hunger and, and, and all these, all these things. It, it hasn't always been that way that God originally designed us for something else. There's longing. This is what's uh, making sense of it. There's, there's no shame in longing for paradise. Doesn't mean that you're an idealist, uh, escapist who's just kind of got your got your head in the clouds to hide away from the hard things of reality. Uh, there's there's no shame and longing for, for paradise. It's what we were made for. But how do we how do we get there? It's something that we can just kind of build into our life more and more, something that we can work together for as, as humanity. Um, how do how do we get there? We're we're made for, for paradise uh, originally. And also the rest of the gospel is described just. even this passage is pointing ahead to, to show us that, that Christ also brings us into paradise. Uh, the title of the sermon, if you're looking on the back of the announcement sheets there, would be uh, No Shame uh, in, in Paradise. Um, it's Christ that brings us uh, into paradise. If you, if you were to uh, go, you got your Bibles, so you can flip over to Luke uh, twenty-three, the end of it. When you see uh, 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 Jesus on the cross, and in Luke's gospel, he recounts uh, this that there's there's two other men uh, being uh, being crucified next to Jesus, criminals, these two uh, two thieves. And at the end of it, as, uh, these two men have argued back and forth. One of them says to Jesus, uh, "Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom." And Jesus, hanging just before death, on the cross, replies to the man, "Today you will be with me in paradise." the word that He uses there. "You will be with me uh, in paradise." There's no shame, longing for that paradise, because Jesus is able to bring us uh, into it. And in fact, when we look at it in terms of that, uh, uh, that, that picture of the thief on the cross, uh, Jesus can bring even the most embarrassing of sinners. Uh, into paradise, here 's a man who was uh, condemned under, under the law um, for crimes that he has done that he was admitting of. And, and Jesus says, "You have a place with me in this glorious paradise that we long for, And Jesus can bring us into it. Uh, so three sides we 're going to look at as we go through the passage uh, that will be on your outline there, um, three sides about who we are, um, what we do, and who we 're with. Uh, who we are, what we do, and who we're with. But as we get through the passage, I want you to ask yourself, do you long for paradise? What, what are the particular things that you find that you just that you long for, that you hope for, the ways that you wish life to be or, or long to enter into? And why do you think it is that you have those longings? Why do you long for paradise, but then, but then also ask this question, if you could be there, would you fit into it? Uh, would you fit that paradise, or would you be causing the, the, the disturbance within uh, that perfection? Uh, first point, uh, no shame in who we are. In paradise, there's, there's no shame in who we are in our identity. Uh, for, for Adam and Eve as humanity in, in paradise, right? It's incredible. You saw the last verse that we read. Man and his wife were put naked and they were not ashamed. Here they are in paradise, and there's, there's, there's no shame in their experience. Listen, like, they're surrounded by perfection. And they're not insecure about it. Uh, they, they fit into it. Uh, they're, they're in the presence of the Holy God who knows all and knows them and is with them. Chapter 3 talks about him being walking with them in the cool of the day. He, he's there with them in the garden, and they're not ashamed you have got nothing to be embarrassed of, nothing that they're hiding, nothing not good about them. Um, right? it's, it's not just because they had like, the nicest stuff, or they had the most money, or they were in the best place, or that they were, that they were wearing the, the latest stylish fashions, right? Um, so they knew it was good because they just had their new outfit on, right? Um, they were naked, and they were not ashamed, right? Like, and here's the idea that they were exposed, Yes, right, physically naked, yeah. And, and beyond that, like they're exposed. They've got nothing to hide. Everything about them is, is transparent before God in this in this paradise. And there's nothing that they're ashamed of. Right? If Adam looks in the mirror, he's not going like, I gotta, gotta get to the gym a little bit more and like walk up those muscles, right? He's not looking and going like, uh, you know, my, my 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 nose like I wonder if my nose would look better if it was a little bit like sharper or smaller or turned or, right? <clears throat> Now uh, Eve in the mirror isn't going like, I wonder if my hips are too wide, or if my uh, if my ears stick out too much, or if my skin isn't isn't smooth enough. Um, right? they, they weren't ashamed. They weren't ashamed at all. In in the beginning, uh, they're not ashamed. And you see, uh, you see why? This is just, and beyond just their appearance, right? Their their whole self identity so, is not ashamed because they've been formed by God. Right, this is the picture of it, both Eve being formed from Adam's rib. But, but you have here this, uh, this picture of God as a potter. He's, he's taken the, uh, the, the dust of the ground, and, and out of it he's fashioning. He's, he's forming, um, man, he's forming Adam from it. Um, and it, it's as if this is his, his masterpiece. He, he looks at it, having put himself into it, and he, right before, he says this, this is very good. Here he, he breathes life into his nostrils. And the man became a living being. Right, this is this is God saying, "This is my masterpiece. As I've worked on it here, I bring it to life. I share my life with it, so that this uh, this gene is now dependent on me, sharing the image of God with me." As we go from uh back from chapter chapter one, God's delight in it and love of Adam and Eve. Right there, there's nothing in them that disturbed our uh, paradise in, in, at all. Instead, they're a wonderful part of this glorious thing that God is able to do. And to begin to be for Adam and Eve to begin to be ashamed of themselves would be like call God off, right? Like, God, didn't, God had done everything well, and there was no, no shame for them in paradise. And now for us, that's kind of, like, difficult to imagine, right? Kind of fun to imagine, maybe, what would that be like, but um, you know, as we look in the mirror, we don't always like everything we see. There's, there's often things that we look at and be like, use a little change or the mirror's off. You when know? <laughs> I mean, we get one of these curvy mirrors every year, what's, what's going on? Right? We have uh, body image issues as we look at, at stuff or just concerns about uh, who we are. And it's not just clothes that we use to, to cover us. Right? There's, a, there's a reason that you have the style that you have and you want to give a certain impression to people so that they think of you in a certain way that's the way that you want to be thought of. Um, and there, There's things that we're all trying to hide. Um, and we don't want to bring all that out. People like, like we're we're afraid of that. Uh, that uh, we live in a fear of being uh, exposed, being found out. Um, uh, just from the from the Adam and Eve being uh, being uh, naked and not ashamed. I've uh, heard stories right of people uh, sexting gone wrong. Um, where, where inappropriate pictures are being shared over text messages and then uh, then the bitter person on the other side after relationship decides to post those pictures all over the Internet, send them to various people. Um, right, and then one, what well, one seemed like, oh, maybe this is good, that person's left like wishing they had somewhere to hide, um, right, but they're exposed all over the Internet. Um, this, right, we know we'd be afraid of that kind of thing. We're afraid, we have that fear with all kinds of other things. Uh, Karen and I were talking uh, just the other night, and I trust Karen more than like anyone in the world. I'm still going. Yeah, it's just hard for me to be open with with, uh, with her, to um, so to let her into the things about myself that I'd rather not like realize or remember that they're there, and I don't like myself. Right? There's these things that we hide and we, uh, uh, we cover up. We're embarrassed by. It. There's things that are wrong with us, right? This is often the reason that we avoid God. Uh, right when, you know, when Scripture talks about people meeting with God, like, like Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah's is given, you know, given this vision, brought up to the throne room of God, and sees God in his holiness, and what does Isaiah do? He, he's like, "What is me. He, he's afraid he's about to die. Uh, he says, because I'm a, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips who lives among a people of unclean lips. All of a sudden, he, he's exposed. All of a sudden, as we become before God, our, our, our sin, our rebellion uh, is exposed. We have a lot to be ashamed of, embarrassed by. Uh, But in the gospel, Jesus came for people who are embarrassed and hiding, and have good reason to be uh, hiding. He comes to to take our shame on himself and to cover over us uh, with his righteousness, with his beauty. It it involves a certain sense of of us being exposed, at least before Jesus, of who we are, and admitting that, but we're we're never left there. It's like the woman in a well in and, and, and John, uh, John 4 where she says, man, this man told me all that I've ever done. He, he exposed things about her, but he offered her uh, the living life in him. He offered her salvation in him. Uh, in Jesus, our identity can become uh, tied up in who he is, uh, in his perfection, in his ability to, to cover over our shame, to take it on himself, uh, to cover us with righteousness, and to bring us into paradise. Um, Genesis 2-7 in this passage, right, As God's creating man. Uh, he's, he's his masterpiece, he breathed life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. Genesis 2-7 is quoted again in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 15, verse 45. As the first man, Adam, it says, for it's written in the scriptures, the first man, Adam, was a living being. The last Adam, which is Christ, became a life-giving spirit. So, so Jesus has the ability of giving life himself. His his word, what's coming from him, is is life itself. Uh, That we get to be remade in the image of Christ, remade, recreated in in God's image. Identity becomes a change tied to who Jesus is. And there's nothing to be ashamed of in who Jesus is. He brings us with him into his uh, paradise. There'll be no shame in that paradise of, of who we are, from who we are to, secondly, what we do, no shame in what we do. In paradise, there'll be no shame in what we do. Um, when uh, uh, when Kieran and I first started dating in college, it was like our uh, our junior year, and uh, uh, so we started dating. And Kieran calls up her her mom to, to tell her that she's you know, started this relationship, and um, <clears throat> and her mom asks her she because her mom was busy, she knew someone else, said, oh is uh she gets she kind of excited. She's like, is that the uh, is that the pre med uh, guy right? That's gonna be a doctor. It's my roommate. Sharon replied, you know, uh, no, this is the philosophy major. <laughs> I'm sure her mom was thrilled, you know, at that point. Right? Um, but there's, there's no shame in being a philosophy major. I love, love philosophy. Um, uh, but sometimes we can be ashamed of what, we, uh, of what we do. It can be looked that way. Um, but humanity uh, in paradise, there's, there's no shame uh, in their role. And it's a role that God's giving them. He's saying, uh, um, he takes, uh, takes uh, uh, verse 15, took the man and put him in the garden to work it and to keep it uh, in, in the garden of Eden. If you want to give a, a title uh, to the role that, that God gives humanity, uh, you could call them, take it to be uh, the, the rulers of paradise. Uh, if, if your title is like, yes, yes we are the, the rulers of paradise, but there, there might be some, like, wrongful pride. No, not for Adam, of I me. Mean, there's, there's no shame in it. This is an awesome thing that we're, that, this role that we're given. I mean, we kind of know this experientially, like, we're not made for boredom. Like, why, the, why does the word for boredom exist as bad? Right, like, we don't like to be bored. Um, it's not like, hey, boredom doesn't mean, like, happiness. Right, I have nothing to do, nothing of significance, no responsibilities on me, and I was bored. I mean, I was happy. Like I was like, I lacked meaning or significance. God's made us for work. He's made us for a purpose. He's made us to do something. Um, and uh, uh, work, is, work is awesome in the garden. It's meaningful. And there's, there's purpose and fulfillment to it. Uh, Adam is uh, going around kind of waiting for vacation to come. Right? He's living in the Garden of Eden. Uh, he's now like living for the weekend. That's when it really gets good, right? Um, he's in the Garden of Eden, paradise every day. Uh, Eve doesn't wake up in the morning and and like uh, you know, get on Facebook or, or kind of stop in the middle of the day when she's supposed to be working and just like surf Facebook and see, uh, see what the animals that are around are doing and posting on Facebook. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, and not just like sleeping in because they don't want to go to work. They're glad, glad for this role that God's given them, and there's no shame at all in uh, in what they in what they do. Um, right, it's given, a, it's given an awesome description of their work, of the, of the place of their work uh, even uh, here in the, in the passage. In, in verse 9 right, uh, it's saying to us uh, um, and out of the crown the Lord God uh, made to spring up every tree that's pleasant to the sight and good for tree, good for food and the tree of life was there and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Alright, you can just imagine like out of the strolling, uh, strolling through the, the garden of Eden by the apple trees and the orange trees, and there's some lemons hanging down. What limes really looking nice today, and there's the, there's the cherries and the peaches and the, uh, the coconuts and the bananas and the walnuts and the uh, star fruit and the, right, like, yeah, every kind of tree, like, beautiful to look at, uh, just fruit there to grab for the, for the taking all, probably, like, design the beautiful ways of being of, you know, configured that, oh, yeah, and the, like, the tree of life is there, right, the tree of life that, are, like, you eat it and it gives you life and continues to sustain that life. Um, the beautiful river flowing out of it, right? A river that, that then divides and and, and provides the uh, the, the life for, for four different rivers that go out and feed the land, like lands around it, to have gold and other uh, other other cool stuff, right? It's just this paradise that they're that they're keeping, that they're tending to, that they're living in. <clears throat> you now it's not just a paradise; and it's like oh, beautiful vacation spots. It's, it's a place to be with God. It's a place that God has designed for them to be in fellowship with Him, uh, as His creatures whom He uh, loves and is meeting with, uh, communion uh, that He's having with them. It's a uh, uh, right; there, their role is to, to work and keep it, or to guard it. Um, it's a it's a sanctuary of life and beauty uh, with God, uh, and they're the they're the priests that tend to that sanctuary. Uh, the, the words here, though, to work and keep it, The of time those words are, uh, are used, and they're used uh, several times, but it's, it's a priest in the temple. Uh, if you start to look at a lot of the details, there's a lot of things about the Garden of Eden where it's being set up as the as temple, a place of God's presence. In fact, if you go and in, in, uh, access to other places where the temple is described, it, a lot of it's described with some of these trees and imagery of, of paradise of the garden. It's a place where they get to be uh, in, in fellowship uh, with God, <clears throat> sanctuary of life and beauty with him. And they're the ones who are trusted by God to rule over it, to guard it, to protect it, to keep it, to throw out anything bad and attend to, to it and then draw out all of that beauty. <clears throat> uh, for us, I think there's, uh, there's plenty of things to hide about, about what we do. <clears throat> Maybe we're, we're ashamed or coming over things that we've we've done. Right? Even right, this <coughs> still you All like, uh, unless you just could do your quizzes and stuff online. Like, when when you get back a quiz, for, even just a quiz, not just a test, right? You get back a a, a quiz from your professor. It's the first thing you do. If they don't hand it to you upside down, the first <laughs> thing is like, if you put your hand over. It, you're like, turn it upside down. You're know, like, quickly put it in the bag. You know, like, there's this red mark at to the top, and like maybe it wasn't as high as you wanted it to be, or. Maybe it was like higher than other people and then you're like not sure what I'll think of you because of that. And uh, yeah. All right. There's this covenant, an instinct to, to hide. We have a shame of, of, of what we do. Uh, sometimes we're really just discontented in what we do. We don't feel like it means enough uh, to us. Or, or we're bored. Or we're just frustrated with it. Or that's the, the curse, right? feel like there's not enough or we need some kind of a, escape, some other way to find uh, significance. Worse than that, we know a lot of a of mistakes that we've made, a lot of things that we've done wrong, uh, and even even things we've left that we should have done, that we neglected to do, that kind of sides. But even just when it comes to just all of life and, and actions, like, you know, sin means to miss the mark. It's a lot of things that we've aimed at and we've, we've missed the mark. Especially if we say what God has told us uh, in this word that we should do, we've Mr. Mark, we've sinned. We've purposely even rebelled against God. Uh, we don't deserve a position in paradise. Um, to be the ruler uh, of paradise would be uh, demoted. Donald Trump, you're fired. Um, right? We know that. There's a shame that we, that we bring around with us of, of what we do. Um, but this, there's a this picture of the future paradise, right? Jesus brings us into a, to a further paradise, and it reflects the same language of, uh, of, of Genesis 2 here. But here, uh, from the last chapter of the Bible, uh, Genesis, Revelation 2, it says this, uh, John's vision of the paradise in the end, he says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, tree of life. Tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruits, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship Him. Uh, The the Lamb who is slain uh, to cover over our guilt and our shame. He's done the work. He's done the work to be able to enter into it and is able to bring us purified with him into it. The, Jesus who hung on the cross and said, it is finished. Um, to, who overcame all the, all the shame for the glory of fulfilling uh, God's pur- purposes of obedience and salvation. Who uh, says that he went to prepare a place for his followers. If he goes away to prepare a place, he says, and I come again uh, to you to bring you with me into him. Uh, into his father's house, into, uh, into, uh, into his paradise, so, so that now we can, we can look to paradise. We can long uh, for paradise. And there's, there's no shame of what we will do in that day. Right? It's not just going to be like a boredom of being around uh, in heaven. It's fulfillment of purpose before God, finally in uh, the temple, the glory of, of paradise with Christ. Uh, The purpose that he gives us. Who we are, uh, what we do, and who we're with, uh, thirdly. Uh, No shame in who we're with. Um, In in paradise, there'll be no shame in, in who we're with. Yeah, maybe sometimes there's a there's a feeling of being uh um you know, like you don't ever want to admit this but sometimes there's a feeling of being a bit ashamed of who you're with, right? There's someone that you just kinda of keeps tagging along with you and you wish that they wouldn't tag along with you and they're kinda of clinging around in a circumstance where you were hoping to impress other people. Um and then there they are with you and the and way other people and you just kinda of wish ah, it's just it's frustrating, right? Maybe more than that, um half the time we're afraid that we're that person. Um, and we wonder, like, what are, do my friends really like me? I know they're hanging out, but they didn't call or text me to kind of just go over there. Am I really invited? Am I really wanted? Um, <clears throat> we, we're, we're ashamed that maybe we're the person that someone doesn't, doesn't want to be with. And we wonder the reasons that that might be that, that run through our head over and over. Um, and there's there's one, thing, uh, one thing that was not good. And this, this glorious paradise, you yeah, doesn't leave it that way very long. It builds a little suspense through it. And there's a, there's a striking uh, emphasis on this, especially after, after Genesis 1, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was very good. Uh, here you're coming, and it was not, God said, it was it's not good that the man should be alone. So if you have these instincts that loneliness just shouldn't be that way, um, right. God designed us for relationships and purpose uh, with others. We're not made for, for land. God, God says so. So we need our companions, our companionship. Um, so uh, so for, for Adam, he says he's going to make this uh, perfect, perfect helper to him, this perfect companion, uh, design corresponding to him to, to fill up all of his uh, lacks It's the uh, Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Right? It came from here. It came from here. He's uh, going to make the person that, that completes him. Um, and uh, yeah, after a little uh, bringing by all the different animals that he's made and Adam's naming the animals and seeing all the great things that the animals are but he's like yeah like, I mean it's fun to have a dog or a cat and that's not a companion uh, it's, not, it's not what he's and then God calls a deep sleep uh, to, pass, uh, to, to fall upon a man, takes his rib, fashions the woman um, and, um, and and blows Adam's mind as Adam's woken up and sees her uh, right and his cry and this. This poem that he, I guess, spontaneously composes for Eve, right? This at last, I finally, I, what my soul, what my life has been longing for, uh, coming together uh, with me, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Uh, names her, essentially names himself uh, in, the, in the process of their relationship uh, to one another. Here's a helper uh, fit for him, his perfect, uh, uh, his perfect companion. Um uh, so I kinda of picture the passage that it, so, so what happened next? He makes this tone. What have, what what happens next? I kind of imagine in, in the passage that there's you know, like all of a sudden the narrator enters in and describes for you the meaning of marriage and uh, and this uh, this this one flesh fulfillment of man and woman together. Right? So so I'm just I'm thinking here. Yeah, here's Adam at last. This is the woman that I've, that I've longed for. I um, mean, they're at least making out after that, right? Um, I'm thinking they would for it. They're married. God's brought them together. What do you do after you get married, right? But here's the honey. They don't like The sh- narrator comes in, explains to you, therefore, man leaves father and mother. Uh, holds fast to his wife, and the two become one flesh. Right, this one flesh. That's a that's a sexual analogy. If you didn't get it, that's the way it's intentionally uh, being uh, being written and used, uh, used in late, later scripture. Uh, <clears throat> right? there's no shame in who they're with. Uh, together in this love with one another. I know. Um, college is dating and hooking up and trying to find the right person. If I' find the right person for this weekend, right person for life, right person for this semester, um, uh, somebody's the right match, wondering a lot of times if, if you're the right person, um, if you're the right person for anybody, if, if there's something about you that just makes you not compatible, if there's just left in, in, in loneliness, um, even, even even not just college, but even being married, it's easy to be ashamed that you're not better for your spouse. Um, I would love to be better than I am for Karen. Um, I, 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 I wish that. I long for that. I work for that. Uh, she helps me in that. Or um, right, <laughs> in, in other scenarios where someone's saying, you know what, this marriage isn't, isn't going to keep going. Uh, they're ashamed to be with the person uh, that they were, they were married to. Right? We, we experience the shame in, in who we're with. Um, there's no shame in paradise. And here's the, here's the amazing thing, that Jesus isn't ashamed to be with us. That Jesus wants us uh, to be with us. That while we were still sinners, things to be ashamed of Christ died for us. Uh, that he took on our shame. That he experienced the rejection from God. Right? Adam and Eve were thrown out of the garden. Jesus is, is condemned, rejected by God to, to hell. There's his exile. There's his experience of what our shame uh, deserves and brings about. Um, Jesus wants to be with us. He makes, uh, he makes us his bride uh, again and again through Scripture. This is the way it describes God's relationship to his people, or Christ uh, to the church, his bride, the one he gives himself for, uh, to make her beautiful, to unite her uh, to, herself, to himself. Um, right When Paul talks about all these kind of things, husband and wife, in, in Ephesians 5, um, Verse 32, he quotes this passage from Genesis. The uh, two shall become one flesh. And he says, uh, this mystery is profound, The sexual union mystery is profound, but I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Um, Genesis 4 itself is pointing us to the fact that Christ uh, wants to be with us and bring us, even our sin, bring us to him, to be his bride that he purifies and makes us perfect. And we would have no shame when we are uh, loved by him. And adored by him, made beautiful and perfected uh, by him. And again, when Jesus uh, brings us uh, into paradise, or not future paradise, the restored paradise is described in uh, Revelation 21, John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So the first uh, heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, God the people of God. Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. He heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, behold, the dwelling place of a God is with man. He wants to be uh, with us. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. And neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. There's no shame in who we're with uh, when God has united us uh, to Himself. No shame in who we are in paradise brought there by Christ. No shame in what we do or in who we're with uh, through the gospel of Christ's love. Him bringing us into this paragraph. Uh, into the, into this uh, paradise paragraph. <laughs> um, in in the passage. Right? It ends of this kind of crazy, here's Adam and Eve, and, and, and there was no shame. They were not ashamed. Um, and now there, there's no shame in, in longing for paradise. And we're waiting to, to experience it. We have reasons of things that we want to hide about who we are, about what we've done, about who we're with or who's wanting to be with us. Um, but we have this longing for. There's a reason for us to long for paradise because Christ is able to bring us into it. Um, you now you can't like decide to book the spring break trip to to the Garden of Eden, right? Or take your vacation there, build a build a house like oh you know on the on the river there. Um, uh, that Christ promises to bring us into it. Though we messed up the original paradise, we got kicked out, expelled, uh, exiled in the next chapter, Uh, Christ has made the way back in and able to bring us uh, with him. Uh, The gospel changing who we are in Christ as our identity is tied in him. The gospel changing what we do, resting in Christ's work and his spirit bringing out obedience in us. Uh, changing who we are with, that Christ has united us to himself. Um, Romans Romans 10 says this, quoting Isaiah, actually. um, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. That's good. I'm afraid of my sin being uh, exposed. Uh, I'm afraid of people knowing the reasons that I hide. Uh, Right? We're afraid of, um, I'm an an embarrassing sinner. Uh, And yet Christ offers uh, his salvation to us. Uh, We've got things all wrong with us. But one day we have the hope through Jesus' promise of being with him in paradise.